The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia, rate, review, subscribe. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, we appreciate that. All those who have done so already. Syracuse loses in embarrassing fashion to Pitt as they sweep the orange 96-76. to The most points they've scored against Syracuse since 1993. Some of you weren't even born. Cuse falls to 7-4 and 1-3 and and in the ACC. You'll hear from us. We'll hear from you in fan feedback. And as of right now, Syracuse will face Miami this Tuesday at 7 p.m. We will tell you what we think about that. Um, what's up, Joe? Not much, man. What's going on? Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> live streams. I have so much fun doing these live streams. I wish I could do them more often. I know that um, you know. I had a couple people request on Saturday. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm like, you know what? I got time to do it. I'll do it. So, if I can do it, I'm going to do it regardless if it's on yes or not. If people want to show up and hang out, great. If not, then it is what it is. The late ones are tough. I've been asked to do um, uh, you know, a 9 o'clock one, and that's just that's tough. That's tough. I get up at 5 in the morning, and that 9 o'clock game is getting watched from the bed, unfortunately. Sorry, I'm old. What can I say? <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll try to do some of these, get Joe in on them, and, um, you know, we'll have, yes. a little, we'll have a little bit of fun. I need a little so, bit of uh, more of a heads up. And, yeah. yeah, that one, they, they've, mostly, they've mostly been spontaneous. So it's not, none of them have been planned. So there's that. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to try to plan some of these. And we'll endure the pain together on the live stream. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I found out about two seconds ago, uh, Syracuse football team is getting a new receiver coach, Terry Samuels. Joe, what can you tell us about Terry Samuels? Uh, Terry Samuel was uh, receiver coach this past year at UNLV, but the nine seasons before that, he was at Michigan State. Um, had a little bit of a... I think he said five or six, what, five receivers get drafted in the nine years that he was there from Michigan State. Uh, six have landed, obviously, active NFL roster spots. Um, he was also the uh, coach at Michigan State that recruited Tristan Jackson um, originally to Michigan State. So uh, Michigan State's had some decent receivers, and here's a guy that's it's got a little bit of, um, obviously, experience. He's got a little bit of experience as well. Uh, yeah, it might be 15 some odd years ago, but he has in the past – done special teams uh, type stuff as well. So who knows if this is kind of uh, part of replacing Justin Lustig because uh, he was uh, the guy that did special teams and he was the receiver coach. So yeah, he wore maybe a lot he's, of hats. <clears throat> yeah. So maybe he's just a receiver coach and hopefully um, that's going to help out a bit. Um, and honestly, uh, just looking at the transfer portal, when I found this out, I said, okay, well, he's coming from another team. Let's just kind of check out the transfer portal to see, because obviously this guy is the one that's, you know, recruited him um, and been with them. So I checked out UNLV, UNLV's three receivers that uh, are hitting the transfer portal. And Michigan State has got two. So on and out of the five of those, four of them, um, our three-star receivers. So, and they're all, I mean, I, he didn't recruit the guys at UNLV, but he coached there, but the Michigan state, the two guys, he, uh, he did recruit there. So who knows, maybe there's something there to where we can get a, a transfer portal just because of a relationship and it kind of bolster that, um, that receiving crew, uh, but could, could use some help there. So, yeah. And you never know. Cause it could help too, as well. I'm not saying that Justin Lustig hasn't done a good job because we have had good receivers, um, in the past and obviously, uh, past, 
year or so it was a little rough but uh just to have a guy come in and just strictly be receivers coach and be pretty pretty good recruiter um in that position then hopefully that's going to help out that position yeah absolutely okay well it is time for the pain we're going to bring the pain Mm. with pit first Let's hear what Coach had to say after the 76, well, 96 to 76 loss against Pitt last night. You know, we, we, we hung in there at the end of the first half. We came back. In the second half, we came out and couldn't get any stops, uh, not just rebounding. We couldn't stop them. Um, you know, they just did whatever they wanted inside. Uh, they made some key threes when they had to, but we could not get stops. The offensively, we had some opportunities. You know, we missed some layups early in the run when they made their run. We missed two or three easy shots around the basket. Um, but, you know, we're, we haven't made anything from the three-point line for a while now. And we just haven't been consistent there the whole year. Um, and, and that's obviously hurting our offense. But defensively, this was a defensive game, and, you know, we got no stops. And we're going to have to find some way to be better defensively uh, going forward. Uh, you know, they got it inside too easily. Um, when they missed, they got it and put it back. Um, but it was, you know, really every position struggled. The forward position struggled. The guard every position. We struggled at every position defensively. Um, really the whole second half, a little bit in the first half, but the whole second half. Uh, just complete team breakdown defensively. You know, he hasn't played well overall. He's had a couple good games, but Kadari has not played well coming in in his opportunities. So it's not like we have a viable alternative. Um, people are leaving Kadari open and he's, he's not able to make open shots yet. And it's hard to get to the basket when they don't play you. Joe does a good job of getting us into our offense. Um, he's, he's done a really good job of that. But he's struggled. He hasn't made shots like we know he can. And he hasn't, uh, he's gotten in the lane and hasn't been able to make a play in there. He's just struggled. But really, both guys have struggled. And, uh, you know, they, they both need to play better. Where do you look for answers on defense? can't make a trade. <laughs> we don't have an answer. We're playing the best group we have, and we're going to continue to play them and hope that we get better. This was a bad day. You can have those. We've kind of avoided that. We've been in every game. This is the first game, and we were ahead at halftime, so it wasn't like we were out of it in the beginning. But um, you're going to have a game like this, I think, during the course of the year. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, but we're four games into the league season. We've got to just put this behind us. We've got to try to get better defensively with who we have. All right, the coach montage is brought to us by betonline.net. Now, look, who saw the, the Bills going to the AFC Championship? I did. I saw it. I saw it. Now, if the Browns beat the Bills, they get to, they get to play Again at home, and you you you're gonna have fans there. Those 6,700 fans or whatever. The Browns beat the Chiefs. What did I say? The Bills. Yeah, if the Browns beat the Chiefs, then then the Bills Bills get another home game. It does not look like it right now. I'll see you in Missouri next week. (laughs) It does not look like it right now. So, um, if you can't get to a game this year, you can still get in on all of the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coach and props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head over to BetOnline today. Use the promo code Armchair to take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, Bet online. Okay. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And I almost didn't even do this because I was so <laughs> pissed yesterday. I was so pissed. I have not been this cuse pissed in quite some time, bro. It was since just, Liberty. Since Liberty. 
Yeah, that might have been one. So uh, the good, uh, we said that Syracuse had to get to the line and do a much better job do- there, and they did. 19 for 22, 86%, really good. Syracuse shot 40% overall from the field, really good. They were actually 24 for 45 from two, 53%. Uh, Q, double-double, 12 rebounds, 18 points. Griffin, a career high, 28 points. Um, his high in, uh, in an orange uniform. The bad, 13% from three for the orange, three for 22. That's an embarrassing performance. And it just is just piling on from behind the arc of poor performances. So, uh, guys, Joe Girard, he's got to evolve into, evolve into something more than just a guy who occasionally hits threes. He was 0 for 3 from 3, 0 for 4 from the field. He had the lowest offensive rating in the, in the, uh, in the entire game, according to Ken Palm, with a 52. The lowest offensive rating for Pitt, just to juxtapose that, was 98. And that was Colt. What the hell is his name? I, I, I said this to myself earlier. And I had it. It's Koulibaly, Sean. Koulibaly. That's right. I, I knew that. I was just testing you out, Joe. He had mm-hmm. a 98. Uh, Joe's two points came from the line. Um, he has to get to the line. We talked about this. If he's not scoring from behind the arc, the dude's got to get to the line to contribute to this team. Otherwise, I hate to say it. I'm not trying to be mean, but he's he's a, he's 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 a. I don't want to say he's useless, but he's not doing much. Is that fair? Um, liability. He's a liability. Yeah, that's a good word. He's a liability. Um, he he wasn't the only one with a poor shooting performance, obviously, as we all saw. But he went 0 for 8 from distance. He just did a couple of things that just make it, does, it just does the sting isn't as bad. So you know it is what it is. And last of the bad, I want to be clear, and I'm not blaming the loss on this, but you cannot tell me that this game was officiated well in the slightest. A poorly officiated game. And a little bit lopsided on the the kinds of fouls that weren't or were being called. So we can get into that a little bit later. Uh, the ugly, when I heard Champagne was warming up, I knew that it was not going to be good. Unless he was going to play, you know, limited minutes, it wasn't going to be good. And that's obviously we all know what happened. He played 34 minutes, 16 rebounds, and 24 points in those 34 minutes. And he killed us. He killed us. He killed us dead. Uh, that led to negative 12 in the glass for Syracuse, which leads me to this. Syracuse sits 185th in total rebounding percentage at 45 in the last three games. I hate to say it, and I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm just being realistic. Any kind of like bubble talk or anything like that should probably um, be quelled immediately. <laughs> Immediately, this team has yep. no answer in the low post without Sadibi or another center step, stepping up to fill that void. I'm not seeing it. Uh, we're, we're not even seeing it be tried out there. So, Joe, Syracuse drops to 61st in the net rankings and 51st in Kempom rankings. Mm-hmm. Pitt's starting guards combined for 43 points. Ours combined for 14 points. We're getting slaughtered on defense. What's your thoughts? <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> Take over. Um, obvious, obviously, uh, we have issues with obviously rebounding. Uh, it looks like if we don't figure out something again, he said that we don't have an answer. So unless it's Sidibe, then I think we just are, we have what we have, and just the effort on the boards and on defense is just going to have to get better. And he's going to have to give other people opportunities in game um, to to do that. Uh, Obviously, this isn't a good matchup for Joe Girard and Buddy Beheim. Um, being guarded by uh, Audis, Tony, and Xavier Johnson all game obviously proved to be too much for them in two different games that they've already played. So, uh, yeah, they shut not, them down. Not a great matchup for us, no. um, really, at all, is this Pittsburgh team. But again, to, to what Beheim was saying, it was just, <sighs> just too easy. The buckets were too easy. And 64 second chance po- or second half point uh, points. Um, they still had 18 second chance points when they did miss, and they shot 10 more free throws and made seven more than we did. Um, plus, they shot better from the three point line. They had one guy that was hitting them pretty much, and uh, he shot five of ten, and we just couldn't get a guy there. So, I don't know. Right now, at this point, I don't care about offense. I'm not worried about offense. I mean, if you listen to Coach's presser, he makes some good points. This wasn't an offensive loss, despite the poor shooting. But we did great from two. But you remember when they were at the end of the – they they well, I mean, okay. 
Toward, shot forty percent from two. I mean, it was it's, better. It's it's better. That's pretty good. I mean, I'll take it. It it, it would get the job done. If, if no, you, it's better it, than the thirteen point six from three. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, do you remember when they were approaching the end of the first half? We were down. They kind of they they made that run to get up by five. It was it was from being aggressive. It was from getting inside, feeding Garrier, feeding Mark, and and getting it done down low with with that stuff and getting to the line. And obviously, uh, they didn't do a whole lot of that in the second half. And when we were down, started to get down quickly. Well, then, you know, but that's always a recipe for um, yeah. just frustration. And, and, and they, had our, they had their way with the defense. Was a yeah, well, problem. and that's right. And that's the thing is, is that they, you saw different things. I saw two different plays where it looked like pretty easily the ball was you know off of them and it wasn't and the bounces in the ball really was I mean our luck really didn't go our way in this game uh, on top of the fact of a lot of the uh the ticky tack calls I mean I'll go with it every single time that we play Pittsburgh or I see Pittsburgh play that Xavier Johnson falls out twice they just don't call it mm-hmm. so I mean he was he's pushing and pushing Dolzai when he's trying to you know uh pick him he's hand checking Joe so he can't get by him and that's in the chance off chance that he actually does make a move to get be able to get like kind of the upper hand on him and uh, they just don't call it. But then you see some of the other ticky tacks that they call. I mean, that's why Jim Bayheim got the technical. He basically was just screaming. I mean, everybody heard it. They, haven't, they didn't call that all game. And then all of a sudden you want to call it. So uh, it was just a frustration T and really other than Quincy and Alan Griffin, um, nobody else was really efficient. Um, I mean, I guess Mark did all right. Yeah, Mark, Mark, okay. Mark was a lot more, talked about him being more aggressive and he was but we got to be able to hit the threes man we I got mean, to but, but yeah see that was buddy's thing if buddy hits a couple of those threes he has a decent game you know if he goes two for eight you know right he has a decent game it's not oh for eight you know three rebounds yeah. five assists you know you, you're talking well about- and you have to do something about it buddy played the whole game yeah, he did. He's the only one. I mean, I know that he made some adjustments and went in there oh. and and get, he went four for four inside the lane. And, uh, you know, that's where you got to go with that. And he went 0 for 8 from them. Between him and Joe, they were 0 for 11 from the three-point line. Uh, you got to be able to get guys in there. And realistically, at the end, it looked like <laughs> they were either gassed or they were just out of it. Um, we've been good at stopping just hucking up threes and taking bad shots and doing what we need to do. But it seemed like for a minute there, it got out of hand. We still had plenty of time to kind of grind it out. And instead we just kept taking bad shot after bad shot and they were scoring every single time. So it just got out of hand really, really quick. And I mean, that's, that's just what it is. I mean, you're looking at probably what would have happened if Justin Champagne peep, if he played the first game. Yeah. And you know, we, we, we came in, I came in to last show checking, Checking their SB Nation site for Pitt, and it was saying that that Coach Capel was saying that Champagne was was doing better than than expected in his recovery, but still, you know there was there was inclination there that you know he plays cards tight to his chest, looks like everybody does, and you know there was there was no indication there that he was going to go against Syracuse, and then you see him warming up, and you're like, oh f. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it was no, like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, dude. Yeah, the pit, pit preview right out the window. Yeah, pit preview. that's right, because I said, ah, it doesn't look like he's going to play, and there he comes. It's the first thing I thought of. So, uh, anyways, uh, there's plenty to talk about, uh, plenty more to talk about. We'll get into that right now with you. It's time to hear from you. The Loud Mouths from the Loud House. All right, y'all know what to do. I'm surprised you're still doing it. I really appreciate it. Everybody going to the socials at the end of every game, me asking for your thoughts, and you actually putting them there. And some people are taking the time to to actually put some thoughtful stuff in there, and I appreciate that. So, uh, Jake on Facebook, this one not so much, but still. Uh, good thing Woody Newton got in for 12 seconds. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> Heyman Edwards played for less than a minute, and you got Edwards no, in there. It was two minutes. Was it? The last two minutes. Was last it? Last two minutes. Okay. Okay. All right. Whatever. Okay. Okay. You got Jesse Edwards going in for Dole. Dole's got picks up four fouls. Jesse Edwards in there. He goes up. He misses a layup, and then he fouls coming down, trying to grab the rebound, right? So it's like, 
uh, you know, you feel for him. He makes that. He, he gets to stay in. You know, we got Dolzhai. We need to keep in the game. And he's got four fouls. Like, that's the problem. That's the problem. He, he, he Coach puts him in, and he immediately screws up. And you, everybody knows what's going to happen when when we see that, right? So, mm-hmm. um, Mahir, top fan on Facebook. He's got a lengthy one. He goes on a little bit of a rant. I'm going to hit as much of it as I can. Uh, he says, where do I start? Bayheim needs a kick in the butt. Yeah, I get we don't have Sadibi, but why aren't we playing Edwards or Bull? Uh, well, we talked about Edwards, but he did, did. was that fair? I mean, we could make a conversation about that, right, Joe? Was it fair to pull him as, as quick as we did? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, why are they here if they're not ready? I feel for these poor kids. Gerard, liability. Love how Garrier is the best player out on the floor, yet no plays, no plays run for him. He barely touches the ball in the second half. You lash out at reporters for asking questions. I love Beheim, but how do you possibly justify Woody coming in in the in in the waning two minutes. He went from not playing because of isolation to all of a sudden he can play. Buddy was gassed, airballed two threes and had no legs. Poor kid needed a breather. You ride a six man you ride a six man rotation and then throw on a press. These kids can't handle it. It killed them and whatever energy they had left. Uh, they clearly tried sixty four points in a half. Sixty four, yes. Yeah, some some of the officiating was bad and Jim took one with the T, but come on. So he goes on for a little bit, but yeah, look, but he hit up a bunch of good points. Uh, yeah. So the press came late and I mean, you could talk about, well, they were, they were too gassed to even do it. And that's probably uh, a factor, but it came a little too late for me. I expected it to come earlier. I don't know why they weren't, but you know, I want to see, and I'm with the I'm with the rest of the fans on this because I was I was I was on I was playing coach's side, and I was kind of I was kind of just you know take not really taking his side, but listening to what he was saying as far as the center stuff goes, right? So I'm at the point now where I want to see it with my own eyes, not 15 seconds or a minute of Edwards coming in making a mistake and getting yanked. I want to see it with my own eyes. I want to see it for some significant minutes. You know, I know coaches, he's saying he's going to play the best guys, but at some point, man, we got to get these kids some in-game experience. I'm waiting for Frank to come back too. Obviously, he, he would be the next man up, I think. And when he comes back, Joe, I, I would hope that coach plays him. Yeah, to me, it's tough. I don't really understand it because last year, Jesse Edwards played more than this when we had Sidibe. So... Again, it's one of those things where like, I'm kind of right there with you. Um, I'm with Coach when it comes to, obviously, what he sees in practice and all that kind of stuff, right? But right. at some point, you get enough of a sample size in a game to understand that practice doesn't always translate to the games. And we need to start changing some stuff up, and if people can't, can't defend and they can't defend. I mean, I know Alan Griffin had 28 points, but how many, how many times was it his guy who well, got loose and got open or he didn't box out champagne or, uh, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot of these things where it seems like we're trading offense for defense and we just can't do that. I mean, I brought that up with uh, about Joe Girard and it's kind of the same thing, but we're kind of stuck in coach hit up on this as well, because you see how they guard Goddard Richmond when he's in there, they know that he can't shoot threes. So Kadari Richmond kind of exposes us on offense and makes it very difficult um, for offense when he's in, but he does help defense. So yeah, tremendously too on defense, bro. Look, if I had the answer, I'd be a coach. So I, 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 I can only really come out with my opinion, you know, with my opinions and everything like that. But again, um, coach is going to play who he's going to play. He's not going to justify playing somebody and just. Oh, I'm going to throw Jesse Edwards out there for 20 minutes just to prove, just to show the fans. You know, he's trying to win games. I know, I know, and he's not going to do it to prove a point, and that's that's, you know, that's the thing. He's not going to do right. it to prove a point, to be like to show yeah. uh, to show fans because he. Let's be honest, he doesn't give a crap what we think. Doesn't give a crap what well, reporters think. He's going to play. Yeah. He's going to coach the game that he thinks he needs to coach to win. <laughs> Right, and, and the it, worst thing about it is, is Pittsburgh isn't the biggest team in the ACC by any means. No, no, the, you know Justin Champagne is is extremely talented, man. Oh yeah, what a freaking athlete, though. I mean, 
you got to hand it to the kid. He's carried that team on his back that game for for well for a lot of it. Yeah, those two guards did a great job too. I mean, they no, killed. They almost they, had four players with twenty points. No, they killed us. They just straight up killed us. I did have someone tell me though, someone that uh, someone that many of you would know, but I'm not going to mention their name. Uh, they said to me that you know I love Coach Beheim, but I, I'm I got to be I'm questioning some of some of these things now, which I never used to do, and something along those lines. And I mean, look, I think it's I think it's I think it's legit to question some of these things at this point. And you know, I don't think it's being a bad fan. I don't think it's being disloyal, a disloyal no. idiot. Uh, I just think it's, you know, you want to see, you want to win. You want to see something different. You want to see something else tried because we're getting killed now. What is going to be the difference? We get killed worse. And it's the same thing, right? It's the same if, thing. If Buddy and Joe were in there draining threes every game, then it would be justified. And you'd sure. be able to give up that whole offense versus defense a little sure. bit of what we do give up. But you're giving up something on defense, and on top of that, you're not making your shots. It just optics looks bad. On top of the fact that as much as people, I mean, whether it's coach, whether it's you know, I don't know. Obviously, haters are they don't mind, but you know, the people that stick up for him. Obviously, I think that Buddy is a Division One. I think he's an ACC player. I'm not saying all that, but it just looks bad when you're going 0 for 8 from the three. I mean, that's what you're supposed to really be known for and you play all 40 minutes and we give up those many points and i'm not just saying it's just one person because obviously but it looks bad because of the bay because of his last name yeah it does it looks people bad. are always going to question it is to if buddy's doing bad and coach is keeping him in there they are always going to put it to the whole nepotism conversation and that's what <laughs> yeah. they're going to look at right yeah yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. He's I'm getting just, minutes because it's his being, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and there's yeah. people that are always going to go that route, sure. right? And then on top of that, there's the whole, okay, well, I look at it like, damn. I mean, Sadibi, you saw him last year. We were coming in planning to have the center, and I think it would have looked completely different. But now we don't have him. But you have these other pl- fans that are like, okay, well, we still have three other centers on our roster. Where are they? Yeah. We're getting out-rebounded. We're getting beat up down low. Where are they? How many body parts does Mark have to lose before we just start throwing three pieces uh, or, you know, different centers in there, right? Just to see what happens. Yeah. Because at some point we're going to have to do it, whether whether he likes it or not, because we just continue. I mean, this is how many games in a row that we got beat by 15, like on the boards, minus Georgetown. It's ACC play is kind of we can see the writing on the wall. We see how we lose. And there's just if there's nothing to be done, then it's going to be a long season. Yeah, it's going to be a long season, Joe. If we don't get Sadibi in there, I got a feeling. No, I got. I mean, I'm just. I'm sold that it's going to be a long season. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. And the bubble talk. I don't want to hear nothing about bubbles. I just want to have a winning record at this point. Yeah. And and you just got ousted know, by uh, bracketology this week. ESPN's bracketology yeah, after that loss. So, so yeah. I mean, you know, and you know, it's a gauntlet from the next like eight games. Ugh. It's not, mm-hmm. it's it's a gauntlet, dude. And, and yeah, if we get some consistency, where where we don't miss any practices and we don't miss any games, and we can kind of maybe put some stuff together, then maybe there will be a little bit of development and stuff like that. Uh, because everyone's dealing with it, but everyone has their own little schedules and their own little hiccups and how many you know we games they miss, how many games. days they miss, right? So yeah, we still got two makeup games to do: Wake Forest and um, Notre Dame. Yeah. So and every uh, state's different, right? So yeah, we yep. can't really compare. You can say everyone's dealing with it, but if different teams from different states are dealing with different protocols, and we were in the whole all oh, fourteen days, I guarantee you that not every single team is dealing with the fourteen days quarantine. So oh, no, they're not. But they changed that, so that's that's different now in New York. Well, they changed it after we already did it. Twice. I, I I know. True. True, but I think everybody's pretty close to the same. Anyways, uh, Mahir, great, great comments. I'm sorry we can't hit them all. I wish I could, but you just sparked a 10-minute conversation, so we're behind I'm now. sorry. Uh, at MF Brightside, no toughness, no discipline, and poor effort. He is losing the team by not playing the best guys. Also appalling they cannot give one of the three backup centers any time. Mark cannot defend and rebound with ACC fives. I mean, that's, yeah. Mm. That's, I mean, to piggyback I mean, on what we were just talking about, he, he can't. There's he a lot can't. of presumptions there, but yes. There's a, well, I mean, he, yeah. can't for, he can't for 39 minutes a game, that's for sure. Well, we, I understand that. We don't know. You know, he says he's losing the team by not playing the best guys. We don't, we don't 
We have no idea. No, you look for certain sparks and stuff like that. But yeah. again, you can see the difference with the way that Pittsburgh plays versus the way that we play sometimes. And again, the aggressiveness and the will. I mean, I saw a perfect example yesterday of Doljai making a play on a ball. Um, it kind of blocked or got the ball loose as he was kind of going up for a shot. And the ball came down and Braswell just stood there and watched and then let the guy come back. Get I think it was uh, Tony and got the rebound and put it right back up. And Braswell was right there. And it's like that. That's the difference. You see the difference. You can see other than Garrier uh, and Doljai, then you can see certain plays where players just kind of give up. Yep, You can't do that. All right. We will be right back after a word from Travis Pastrana and Live CBD. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. 
The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. All right, one more time, we're going to hear from the folks over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coach and props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head over to BetOnline today. Use the promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, BetOnline. You got you got the AFC Championship, the NFC Championship, and the Super Bowl coming up. You've got the hockey's in full swing now. And um, the, the, uh, the NBA, wherever the hell that is, is also doing something. So, thank you, BetOnline.net. All right, uh, let's continue here at E... Let's just say, Evan. His name's Evan. He's on Twitter. Uh, two lousy points from JG3. Zero for seven from the field. Two bench points. This team is horrific. Lacks leadership and grit as posted above. Coach is a legend, no denying that. But we are Syracuse basketball. And SU shouldn't be associated with mediocre basketball. And, you know, it's been, it has been a tough few years. It's been a tough couple years, and then they throw in they. I say they. I don't know who they is, but then along comes COVID, the COVID stuff, and the in the quarantining, and the contact tracing, and the this and the that, and here we are dealing with injuries, and um, you know we've got our starting center is out, and you know we got our two guards are struggling to score. So yeah, it sucks. Two bench points. In 18 minutes, uh, Kadari Richmond had two points. But, you know, he does the little things. Like, I don't mind seeing Kadari out there. I just think he's got to kind of get into his rhythm in his own offensive rhythm, basically. He's so yeah. good on defense, man. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think we need him out there. And <clears throat> some teams are going to play him a little bit differently. But he's got to be able to develop into making something happen. Because, again, you saw it last yesterday with Xavier Johnson just – Backing down and basically daring him to take the jump shot. And, and even Coach talked about it, and yeah. I talked about it last time, about how when teams play defense against you like that, then you can't drive by them. You can't. I mean, it just makes the whole thing difficult, makes offense difficult. It's a four-on-five situation for the most part. And that's really, I think, the conundrum that Coach has because if he could just step up and hit that just mid-range jumper, then I think he'd be playing more minutes than Joe right now. So. Yeah, and quite yeah, yeah. I would I would agree with that. What do you think about the mediocrity of Syracuse basketball lately? Um, you know, it's been tough since we joined the ACC, really. But compounding that was the loss of scholarships and the the sanctions and all of that stuff. And and you know, right when the recruiting starts really looking good, and then we get hit by so a couple injuries, and then we have now we have uh, COVID to deal with, and it's just right. It's just a compilation of just everything sucking. You know, it just sucks. It just sucks. That does not excuse our point guards for shooting like crap, though. No. But as far as the depth goes and things like that, I think that... Well, we haven't been able to to create it, right? Mm -hmm. I think that so many times people just kind of don't understand how... I mean, I remember back in the day when we had all of our scholarship guys and we would develop guys you see certain guys come in and grow certain guys they're ready to to go as soon as they come in here but it wasn't a situation where we really needed them to uh for the longest time we only had Sidibi and and Chukwu and for a while we were you know kind of on them but it was really just because of the offensive end but they did really really good on defense it's just but now we have three centers um one's a sophomore one's a redshirt freshman and one's a freshman so Three years from now, you're going to have four guys or four centers, you know, two, three years from now where you're going to have that experience, right? You're going to have the other experience in the other areas. Uh, we've got, so, yeah, we've got to, not to forget, too, that we have Sadibi, Mark, both with extra year eligibility, possibly both of them could come back next year. 
So right, that's yeah, that, that, that's huge. I'm not trying to be. We don't. I'm not trying right, to shove but, everything this year under the rug and look to next year, but just as far as you know, the depth goes. Uh, that's gonna right. Help. Well, Griffin's a sophomore. Gerard's a sophomore. Garrier's a sophomore. Sidibe's a senior, but he's hurt. Dolzhai's a senior. He's hurt. Buddy's a junior. Kadari freshman. Woody Newton freshman. Jesse Edward. I mean, when you look at it, most of our players are don't have two years of experience in college basketball. Yeah. Now you take true. away Braswell, Bayheim, Dolzhai, and Sidibe, and one of them's hurt, and one of them barely plays. So again, we do have to understand that this is a relatively young team as well. Yep. At Baptized by Fire 7, it wasn't. I wasn't going to comment because I'm so mad, but I delivered some mail, and I feel better. Well, I didn't know that delivering mail makes you could make you feel better, because I was quite pissed yesterday, and if I knew all I had to do was deliver some mail to fix Bro, that. It's a service job. Act of service. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? That's right. This is the softest Syracuse team I have ever seen. I'm not talking about uh, – I'm not talking about grit – more on that later. They are weak, all caps, no muscle. They quit early in the second half, play scared, terrible. I happen to I mean, you see I, it. I, I happen to agree with that. <laughs> I mean, tell me prove me wrong. Right? Uh, Joe, it's you, all it's all about what you can see, right? Yeah, you you hit on it in the pregame. Or was it the last post game or whatever the hell it was? But you did. You hit on that a little bit. And Yeah, and they're young. Again, it comes down to young. He got a guy losing physical. a tooth doing everything he can. He's the smallest guy in the court doing everything he can. He's getting freaking railroaded every game. This dude breathes on somebody, and they call a foul, like my brother-in-law said to me yesterday. Meanwhile, he's getting grabbed around his neck and yanked to the floor. He's losing teeth, getting elbowed in the face. He's, you know... This guy's the toughest guy on our team. He weighs 180 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, him mean Quincy. But well, again, course, that's like, sure, again, yeah. it's just it's it's effort. A lot of it is effort. Uh, in basketball, obviously, you can be, you do have to obviously get physically strong, but it's not as the same as football. But yeah, I, I just don't see it. I see about a bunch of young guys that are still trying to to fill out and figure out their body. And again, people are going to be like, well, you know, it's recruiting. That's up to the coach to – and I think that, again, we have to be honest with ourselves and understand that Mike Hopkins was the reason why we got a majority. I don't, you can't – probably never going to be able to prove it, and obviously we have the, the pedigree name as far as Syracuse to, to go along with it, but it's obvious once he went out to Washington and kind of Well, yeah, he, all of he recruited guys. over us. He got a recruit over us. What's He's his got name? a bunch. And he continues to. I mean, he's yeah. putting in guys in the NBA every single year, but yet he's not really putting up the uh, the wins and losses, so to speak. So, right, well, um, he's building something too. So, yeah. So, and, and everybody sees how Beheim is, and Beheim's probably not the. He probably gets guys and gets recruits because of the name, school, the coach. pedigree, and his recruiters. Right? You know, preaching family, preaching how you know we stick together, and all all the coaches we played for him, right? And and coach went to the school, and so that kind of stuff that sells it. Um, but coach can coach. I just think that we have had issues with recruiting, and obviously he has to sign off on all the recruits as it goes. So the fans, uh, some some people don't they don't want to hear the excuses or slash reasons. They just want to say, well, if that's going on, it's because of coach or it's because of coaching. Yeah, uh, Kansas City got away with one here just now too. I don't know if you're watching that. That was, no. that was an incomplete pass. Uh, at one Kev Nash, these guys are playing as hard as they can. I've tried my best not to be on the bash JG3 train, but I am rapidly losing faith in his ability to turn it around. Absolutely no defense and terrible – absolute, yeah, absolutely no defense and terrible defense, defensive re- rebounding. Q has been great. JB and staff have to recruit NBA ta- – excuse me, NBA talent. So – the the biggest thing I take away from this is is because I feel the same way, and that is that I have been very very patient with Joe, and we've talked a lot about Joe, and I mean I'm getting over talking about Joe, and I said it in the beginning of the show he has to evolve in some kind of way that makes him more valuable to this team, 
And the the easiest, most obvious thing, and I've said it before, and I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but is getting to the foul line. If he's not shooting, he's got to be getting to the foul line. He has to be doing something that makes him valuable and a threat. So, Oh, boy. Patty Mahomes. Yeah, he got just straight knocked out or what? He can't walk? What the hell is he doing? He slammed his head on the concussion protocol. He is questionable. Out. Out. You can see in the replay he is out. Boom. He almost fumbles the ball, too. Lights out. Where's Did he hit the – yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Now, if he doesn't play next week for Buffalo, nah, different Tell, story. Telling you, Buffalo's gonna nope. win it all. All right, sorry about that. Sorry, but guys. Any, any, <laughs> anyway, what that was is serious enough to? That's what happens when you watch football while you podcast. So, yeah, but we yeah, do it all the time, would, though. Not all the time. We do it in important things. Like if that guy's gone for you know, then we're gonna have some issues. I don't know if Chad Henney's gonna get it done for the Super Bowl. I don't know if Chad Henney's gonna get it done for the today. <laughs> nope. We shall see. Because yeah, right? it looks like Patty is out. Yeah, he's out. He's done. Uh for today anyway. So anyways, what do you think about Joe, Joe? You you, uh, you you agree with what I said? Uh is it is is it is it is it time to be a little tougher on Joe? It is consistency. He is consistent. At this point he is consistent. He's consistently Mike. bad. He's consistently, consistently inconsistent? No, he's consistently missing shots. Okay, he's very consistent there, missing shots. No, it's not like tell. it's not like he has an occasional great game because he hasn't had like a, he's had like one good game, dude. He played okay yeah. against Georgetown. He's mostly not been good. Right. That's why and I'm saying he's got to evolve. Evolve now. It's got. He's got to do something else. Right, and I don't know if he took Joe out for Kadari because Horton was hitting threes left and right and went five of ten. And he was the only guy hitting something on the other team where he's the only guy you needed to worry about. But if you remember the first pick game, Kadari barely played, and we still were speculating some type of like injury. But maybe he was just trying to stay warm. Uh, but Joe, that, that game, he shot like 3 of 11 or something like that. And coach didn't take him out. And this time he did. And Kadari played 18 minutes to Joe's 22 minutes. Yeah. So uh, it's – it's just unfortunate, and realistically, the problem is, is that it's we don't even have a guy that – those are our two guys that bring the ball up. So that's why we are in the problem and situation that we are because well, – We've seen Dole bring the ball up if, if need it's be, only, right? It's only him, though, right? Yeah. So, okay, so if Joe's in, we're going to give up a little bit on defense, and there's going to be some inconsistencies, and you know he might not hit – if Kadari's in, then he are going to play okay defense, but then it's going to take a hit on the offense. So, again, when Joe's hitting shots, I think that's where you really see the best of this team um, because now everybody knows how to guard Kadari. And yeah, unless he steps up, it's going to be difficult. <laughs> Clog the lane, leave him open. Pretty much. <clears throat> um, okay, let's see. I got to skip a couple because I wanted to get to this one, though. At G- This is it. At G. Caesar. Bleed Orange on Twitter. I think I'm saying that wrong. Pretty sure I'm saying that wrong. You could probably most definitely guarantee it. These guys consistently stand around on offense and defense. They should have to pay for a ticket if they're just going to be spectators. Mm. Joe, (laughs) I thought of you. As soon as I read that, I thought of you. Uh, Because privately, and if I'm putting you on the spot, I'm sorry, but privately you've, you've mentioned this to me. About Yeah. It's personal to me a little bit and only because I was a little bit late to the train growing up. Right. So and when basketball came growing around, up, I wasn't like, <laughs> you, you used that? to be you used to be late to the train. You still are oh, late to the train, go. but you used to be, too. <laughs> I'm just saying I didn't I really football was my only sport. Right. And I wanted to play basketball and I was competitive and I played like a football player. And basically effort was my only way in. Right. People knew that I wasn't going to be a ball hog. I didn't care if I scored, got points. Yes, yeah. it was all about gritty defense, running after the ball like it was a fumble on, in, on a football field. Yes, that kind of stuff. So 
Um, effort's free, man. <laughs> and like, I wish that I could have had the size, the height, the shooting ability of some of these players, because when you throw that effort on top of it, then that's, that's how you make the NBA. That's what makes a great player. And, um, it's just, it's just sad that you see some, some players that have such just great ability and all they need to do is just, is just give effort. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing it that seems lazy, right? Yeah, it does. It seems really, really lazy. Yeah. And it's very difficult. And I just really, really wish that Beheim would go back to the way it was. Again, I know that the depth's not quite there yet. Hopefully it will in a year or so. But it used to be a day, and I remember a time where you missed an assignment on defense, you were out. I saw you saw this, what, the first in the beginning there with Griffin. Griffin healed out a back door and. Uh, took a bad shot and yeah, he, uh, he yanked them for Braswell, but then Braswell didn't really play well, missed a shot and okay, right back to Griffin. So we just don't have those bodies that we used to because Beheim he really used to hold people accountable for defense. And there's, when you lose three scholarships, then you have a situation where you kind of got to play who you got to play. You can't recruit everybody you want to recruit. And, uh, yeah, sometimes you got to just play who you have for offense and for defense yeah, just because you don't have the horses. But uh, it's, it's just difficult, man. It's, it's tough to watch just people missing assignment after assignment. And we want to bang on Buddy and we want to bang on Gerard, but down low they got beat too bad. Oh, crushed. So many easy shots around, around the hoop. Mm-hmm. So Oh, we missed a ton of bunnies. Tunny. It's, it's bad. Tunnies. Uh, I'll close with this mm. because I believe that this 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 sums up sums it up. This is my feelings. We suck. Obviously, size and strength inside is an issue. Our guards and bigs, our big men can't score in the same game. So either one or the other. Gerard is just horrible on both sides of the court. Beheim is the streakiest shooter ever. Nothing coming off the bench. Griffin is erratic. Griffin's er, Griffin is sometimes erratic, but dude, he, he I, you can talk about what Joe just talked about with Griffin. Sometimes he does that too. But he scores, man. He got 28 points yesterday. And if anybody has to have a little bit more consistency now, I think that shifts to Griffin. I mean, if we're talking about because because he has a really good games and then he has games where he's with his offense is bad, his defense is bad. And he had seven rebounds. So um, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, obviously these comments are right after the game and a lot of us were upset. I was very pissed off. I want to thank everybody for going ahead and, and giving us your thoughts. And obviously that's what drives the show. And it's what we try to spend most of our time talking about is your comments. So we appreciate it. Hey, Griffin's got to stop getting the ball stolen from him. Yeah, but he didn't have many turnovers yesterday. Three. Well, he had three and yeah. we only had five. So. Okay. Touche. Valid, yeah. valid. But the the five is good though. Like I'll take five if three of them come from. If he one could guy, bring the ball up, legitimately, if he could bring yeah. the ball up as like a point guard, yeah. then I feel like that would be it. Yeah, because we have the guys. The and, yeah, you could throw. Yeah, yeah, you could throw Kadari where he belongs too, pretty much. No, so. I mean it's not necessarily that as much as it's. I mean you have Gary A, and you can throw a, a Newton or a Braswell down in the wings, move up Griffin, and you can have Buddy. You can have. Oh, Buddy playing the wing last year worked out pretty good. I mean, it wasn't terrible. He did a pretty good job. There's different options is all I'm saying. Well, there's a lot of different options, but we're not seeing them, and that's kind of everybody's frustration. That's because I I think the results are going to be the same until CDB comes back. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm with you, and and, and that's kind of what it boils (laughs) down to. Uh, But, you know, it's still frustrating, and you still want to see it with your own eyes. And that's all I can say about that. So on to this next Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. The 6-6 and Hurricanes have traveled to the Dome. Um, Miami is 112th in the net, making this a quad three game at home for the orange 77th in Ken Palm rankings. The all-time series sits at 19 and nine in favor of Syracuse. The two teams played last March 7th, uh, last year, March 7th, Miami with a 69 65 win in overtime. Gerard, Beheim, Sidibe, Dolzai and Hughes were your starters. Dolzai with 17 points and Sidibe with 10 rebounds. Uh, Miami, <clears throat> they've had their struggles so far this season, especially in the ACC where they are two and five, but they did, 
did beat 16th ranked Louisville last night, 78 to 72. Sophomore guard Isaiah Wong led all scorers with 30 in that game. He leads the Hurricanes with 17.6 points a game. Senior Nasir Brooks uh, poses a potential problem, standing seven foot, 240 pounds. Uh, Miami pretty guard heavy. Got five guards, averaging double digits pretty much. Got one right. 9.9. Uh, points a game. I'll call it 10. Uh, uh, Joe, on, po- on paper, Miami does seem pretty bearable on paper. The guard heavy, and you think that might be a little bit better for us, maybe. Uh, but the matchup down low, 7 foot, 240 40 pounds, man, that bothers me. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> dude, we're lucky that that's all that it is. Uh, I mean, I'm going to start this by basically Talking about some of the guys that they basically lost, uh, this was a senior-laden team that had a lot of guys returning, and a lot of people had them dark horses like a top two or three in the conference. And, I mean, early they lost seven foot, 250-pound senior uh, Rodney Miller to a knee injury. He only played two games. Uh, Sam Wardenberg, uh, six foot 10, 225-pound senior, uh, had a foot injury. He's out for the season. And uh, senior Chris likes five seven. I know we all remember him. Yeah. And, uh, little guy. No, he, uh, little guy. Yeah, uh, they're saying that they did another MRI. They're saying that they're trying to figure out how to figure out uh, how he basically injured his left ankle game two of the season, and he hasn't been back. And I think they've been trying to work back, and I think he keeps re-injuring it. So I wouldn't expect him to play. And uh, one of their best freshmen that came that. It's coming in Earl uh, Timberlake, six foot six freshman. He was putting up some good numbers, got er, uh, hurt early in the season, came back. Now he's got a abscess <laughs> under his arm and he's on antibiotics. So the coaches, they don't really, so they don't know whether or not he's going to be able to play or not. That's kind of a toss up. And um, Cameron McGusty is a six, five senior who was uh, there last year as well. And he was he's going to be a game-time decision. He was a game-time decision for the Louisville game, didn't play. Um, hurt his hamstring game four, missed six of the last seven games. He probably tried to come back and re-injured it. So they're going to – he's practicing not playing, so he's that's where he is. It's basically uh, uh, how, how – what he can deal with. But, you know, if the hamstring's not strong enough, then you're going to eventually just continually tweak it. So – those three guys definitely hurts, but then you see what they did yesterday, and they beat Louisville, and you're like, okay. <laughs> so, is it an anomaly, um, or was it a one-off? What do you think? I you think had, with you this had team, uh, the the this the uh, point guard there, Isaiah, Isaiah Wong. Wong. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a, a really good player. I saw him even last year. You could tell, and he had what thirty points last night. Uh, seven rebounds, six assists, and he actually twisted his ankle late in the game, uh, but he came back. He dunked. Uh, they said that he was in the trainer's room after the game, but uh, I'm sure he's going to be fine. Yeah, so, he should be good. But, I mean, he shot 20 shots <clears throat> yesterday out of the 59. So he took a, a third of Miami's shots. Um, realistically, right now with Miami not being full strength, the, the biggest thing with them is is what they're they, – there's certain things they're really good at and there's certain things they're really bad at. And that, depending on the team that they play, as far as the matchup, depends on like how good they do. So Louisville was just a really good matchup. Um, looking at Miami, though, uh, really good at blocks and steals. Um making it difficult for you to score. Uh, really good at avoiding fouls. They don't really run into a foul trouble too much. And um, they're really good at defending the inside, inside the arc, two-point shots, things like that. Oh, that's which, awesome. Which, would again, that's what we're trying to go for, right? Right, so right? Their weaknesses, though, is they're one of the worst teams at shooting the three and defending the three. So... <laughs> And they're not very good at free throws. They're not very that they turn the ball over a lot, and obviously they got a lot of injuries. So um, the one big reason why these Miami probably beat Louisville um, was a six seven two hundred twenty five pound freshman Matt Cross. He came off the bench as a forward, spread it out, and he went four six from the three point line, and also went four four from the free throw line, and scored sixteen points off the bench. And that was probably what did it in. They shot 40% from the three this last game, uh, eight out of 20. So <clears throat> even something that they're not that good at, they actually did good against Louisville, and I think that that's why they won. So with us, it's going to be tough. Uh, if we don't hit our three this game, then, then it's gonna, we're going to be hurting turkeys, bro, for sure. 
for sure. Hurting because they turkeys. Got, That's a new one. Well, whatever. <laughs> they got <laughs> they got height. Um, they don't really got great depth, but um, they do everything that kind of if they're going to make us if, if they're going to make it difficult for us to shoot twos. And then if we don't hit our threes, then this is a team that we could really, really struggle scoring against. Yeah, well, that is that sucks. That sucks. See, the problem with you know they're they're you you say that they're they're not great at defending the three. Well, I'm watching a lot of open shots just doink, mm-hmm. and so I don't care if they're bad at defending the three because or well if I'm them I don't care you know it's not a worry to me because Syracuse hasn't been making them. Right. And they're at home, but they're not in front of a crowd. So, I mean, there's that. But, you know, it's just the like like what you said, you know, involving the game, try to try to get the ball inside to Quincy and Mark. And if yeah. if, if that's going to be a problem, you got seven foot, 240 pounds in there that that worries me now. Yeah, it's going to be tucked for Mark. It is. Now, I'm just at the point where I just want to see – I, I want to get a win here because it's a gauntlet from here on out, Joe. And right. not that this is a gimme, but I feel like this is our best chance until we see Boston College again. Got uh, Virginia Tech, UVA, both ranked after Miami. NC State, who is is not – I guess they're they're kind of mediocre, right? I mean, would you say that? I mean, their yeah. their rankings aren't aren't great. They're not they're not having the best of of seasons right now. Uh, then you got two more ranked teams in Louisville and Clemson, and then you play NC State again. That's you know subject to change, obviously, but it's a gauntlet from here on out, and that's yeah. that's the next two weeks, three weeks of play right there. No, I mean, like I said, I, four I'm ranked scream, teams. Re- I'm going to scream rebounding in defense until <clears throat> the Cowboys come home because that's what the problem is. Oh, we, yeah, can, we, can, we can score. We have multiple people that can score, and we can score in different ways. Uh, yep. Have we been consistent in certain places? No. Uh, the 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 size of their center, I think, can hurt us, but I think that also offers us the, – the one thing that Dolajai offers us is a non-traditional center where you're going to have a seven-foot guy guarding a guy that could step out and, and hit a little mid-range jumper but also get the ball out Far and possibly be able to drive by him, get him in, in foul trouble. I know that they're good at staying out of foul trouble, but if we can get him in foul trouble, then that would be um, really, really good for. Yeah. I, mean, I know they got a they got a six eleven, two hundred twenty pound junior on, on the bench um, that can come in and help, but he's not as skilled and active as Brooks. Uh, and also, I know they're good at defending the two, but. I don't see the guy. Uh, I don't see Anthony Walker. I know he's six nine, two ten, but he's a sophomore, and I just don't see him being able to guard Quincy. Okay. So that's really the one thing. Like we said last week, we just gotta we gotta run our offense through Quincy, and um, and even Marek if he can do what what I just spoke of, and if they can do that, and they can force some of these guards to come off of their their guys, then that's when we can actually you know hit our other guys for open threes because we know buddy and we know, we know that they can hit them, but we don't know obviously day to day. And if they're going to be consistent or not, well, they're not so they're not consistent. So they're going to have a good game. Then but this, but this, you never know, right? That's the whole thing. You can show up and Joe can go six for eight and you wouldn't be surprised. Right. Right. And then everybody, will, point, everybody you, will love them, including me. And then we'll, it goes back and forth. It's a go. It's a love hate relationship, bro. It goes right back. It goes back and forth. So very much so. Um, but these guys are actually good. I mean, they're tall even in the guard position because they do. They start three guards, and uh, you're talking about Isaiah Wong, who's six three, but he's long. I mean, he's he averages six rebounds a game, and I mean, he's a long six three. And then the other two um, guards that start are six five, respectively. So. If Isaiah Wong's guarding Joe, then that's that's going to be tough for him. And then the other guys, they got the height to go against Griffin and, and, and Buddy. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I know Miami, they only went seven deep. So maybe there's a little bit of uh, they look past us or there's a little bit of they're not their legs aren't all there uh, come Tuesday. 
but yeah, we we got to be able to take take advantage of those those situations. We got to be able to go and, and and get the mismatches, and we can't just be hucking threes. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be tough. We, we can't be hucking threes, but at the same time, if there's a team, Miami is the second worst team in the ACC in guarding the three point line. At some so, point, if if they don't start falling, you got to change your game plan. Sure, start with that. Let's see how it goes. <sighs> it's gonna be tough, man. So, I mean, if you really look at it, we got to be able to make our threes and we got to be able to force them to shoot threes if yeah. we're going to want, you know, a shot. Because if they can penetrate the two, three zone and get the ball up there and then all of a sudden they dominate us on the offensive rebounds again. Um, I don't know. And they got 12 offense, offensive rebounds against Louisville. So, um, well, we, sh- we shall see. But it looks like we're running into a game that unless we fix a little bit of the defense and effort and hit our three point shots, then we're heading into a game. That's probably going to look pretty similar to uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will see. I remain hopeful. Uh, just, you know, uh, we'll just, gosh, guys, I, I don't know what to say. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We try. E- either, we try our best. <laughs> either way. We try our best to walk you off the ledge every single week. <laughs> I know. We really it's, do. It's been so tough, but we will be here regardless. Win or loss. Uh, we're in it together. <laughs> So yes. uh, you have yes, that, and we have that. And we thank all of you for listening. Uh, look, I thank uh, Bed Online and Live CBD. Thank all of you again. Um, share it up. Keep in the fan feedback. We love it. We appreciate it. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.